Hey guys, I'm Felissa Rose. And I'm Uncle Lloyd Kaufman. Hi, this is Russ Streiner. Scott Schiaffo here. Throbbing for Horror is my favorite podcast. You're listening to Throbbing with Horror. I don't know why you're listening to Throbbing with Horror. And you're listening to Throbbing with Horror. <laughs> fiends and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how you doing not bad happy one year happy one year brett holy fucking shit (laughs) yeah we did it 50 episodes one year in i've held down this podcast more than 80 percent of the jobs i've had oh same dude (laughs) but yeah i cannot believe like A year ago, like just a little bit here at the beginning, because it is one year, I would not have like expected to make it an entire year. No, we only missed two, and that was in the early days. We know better now. We record ahead and stuff. Yeah, and I've been having so much fun doing this. Oh, me too. It honestly, I was thinking like maybe halfway through the second year, I want to do like our top five revisited, because this changes like what I like and what I don't like in movies and stuff, and it's been really cool going back on some of these I love and new ones that I haven't seen. It's just been really fun time doing this. Oh yeah, this podcast has forced me to watch movies I would not have watched otherwise. Like Jennifer's Body. I would never have watched that because I wrote it off as just a bad horror movie just from the trailer. And then we watched it and it was like, actually, it's kind of interesting. Mine is a movie I wanted to see but never got around, like Veronica. And then I saw it, I'm like, oh no, what have I done? You're like, oh, fuck, this is what this podcast is, like, causing in my life? (laughs) So, if they couldn't tell by the title, what movie do we pick for episode 50? Well, I mean, it's really hard to pick, like, episode 25, like I said on past episodes, was Plan 9, which is my favorite episode we've ever done. But, like, episode 50 also has to be at least, like, kind of a bigger movie, like that, at least, you know? And yeah. Um, Freddy versus Jason was more than a decade in the making and it went through so much shit and like Friday fans were wanting it for so long it is a giant horror movie you know oh it's so iconic think about like probably the two biggest slasher icons that there are whether they're your favorites or not it's hard to deny we don't even call these guys by their last names the title is literally Freddy versus Jason not Freddy Krueger versus Jason Voorhees no, everyone knows who you're talking about. These guys are at least in the top five of, like, most, like, top five lists, I would say. Oh, yeah. Like, most They're recognizable, just... most loved, you know. Oh, for sure. To the point, like, when people talk about horror movies that they don't like slashers, they always say, well, I don't like the Freddy Jason stuff, is a phrase I'll hear from people who don't like slashers. Right, like how, like, old people recall everything in Nintendo. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, this movie's from 2003. Do you remember the hype surrounding this, going into this? I remember quite a bit of it. I didn't see, um, you turned me on to that, uh, like, UFC, WWE type, like, square off Freddy and Jason did at, in Las Vegas. Oh, the weigh-in. Yeah, the weigh-in. That was so much fun. I didn't see that at the beginning, but I do remember, like, 
right before this movie came out, there was a Freddy vs. Jason magazine that was out. And I bought that, and I read it ad nauseum, like, every single day where I had it memorized. Yeah, I remember when movies used to do those, like, promotional magazines. Not, like, another magazine company, just, like, here's your Freddy vs. Jason magazine. Not, like, a Fangoria or anything, just all about that. Yeah, it was really weird, but this is also a time where, as soon as I got to any store that had, like, a magazine aisle, I would beeline right to it and walk away with, like, two or three different magazines of, like, a hit parader a Fangoria and like maybe like a Rolling Stone or like if there was a special like horror issue like this. I didn't have many magazine subscriptions, but you just named three that I did was hit Parade or Rolling Stone and Fangoria. Also Mad Magazine. For the longest time, I was the biggest Mad Magazine fiend. Like I had a subscription for years. (laughs) I, I never got too into Mad. But I remember, like, I was the perfect age for this movie coming out. I was 12 or 13 at the time. No, I was 12. And so we were all in our last year of elementary school. My school was small, so it was K through 6 and then 7 through 12. But, like, so we were just, a lot of us were starting to get into this stuff and everything. And there was a huge buzz around it. I remember this is when one of our friends had a portable DVD player that when the movie finally came out on DVD, their older brother got it right. and he stole it from him. And we were all watching Freddy versus Jason on the bus, getting very excited about the boobs and creeped <laughs> out with the bathtub gore and everything like that. Oh yeah. I would also like that puts me exactly back in that day where I also had a portable DVD player that I would like, I would play Freddy versus Jason on it a lot. And also airheads. Those are two good ones. Airheads, I would, for some reason, constantly play. I loved that as, like, a little kid. So, did you like it when you first saw it? Not yeah, Airheads, it's Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy vs. Jason. Um, I was 10 years old when this came out, and I did see it in theaters. I was actually talking about it today with my parents, just because yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, tonight me and Greg are doing Freddy vs. Jason for the podcast, and they're like, oh, yeah, we saw that in theaters with you and whatnot, and they're like, is that the one where we were the only ones in the theater? And I'm like, no, that was Jason X. I was going to be shocked if you're the only ones for Freddy vs. Jason, because this movie made bank. It's actually the highest rate um, grossing slasher film behind the Scream franchise, which is funny. If you look at the bank for slasher films, it goes Scream 1, Scream 2, Scream 3, Freddy vs. Jason. Oh, wow. So, but as far as, like, mainstream, like, huge money makers, Freddy vs. Jason is the biggest of the classics that there is. It does not surprise me whatsoever, because I have vague memories of being in the theater and people, like, hooting and hollering, and it was, like, a big deal, you know? Yeah, and then it's funny because I I loved it back in the day. And then I went through this period where I was like, I don't know if I actually like this movie. And then it came back around to it. I like this movie, but I know there's a ton of problems with it. Well, that's the thing with me is I started out when I first saw this movie, I was 10 years old. And like you said, there's there's like a bunch of cool gore. There's boobs all throughout the entire movie, which at that age, you that could make you love a movie alone. Yeah. Like, I had this poster on my wall in my elementary school bedroom. Like, I loved this movie. But as time's gone on, I've liked it less and less, little bit by little bit. I went through that same way, but in recent years, I've kind of come back around on it, where I don't think it's great, but I'm like, you know what, I can pick out a lot of things I appreciate while still hating the other things. Right, yeah, you kind of settle into, like, where you feel with it, especially, like, I mean, God, how long we've been watching this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
Let's kick it off. We were both wrong because we both thought that this director, Ronnie Yu, had never directed a horror movie before. He actually directed one that I like quite a bit. Oh, no, I saw he did, what, Bride of Chucky, right? Yeah, which is weird because I like that movie. So, no, I had saw it said before that he had never seen a Freddy or Jason movie. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Because I remember the thing about him doing Bride of Chucky, which I also enjoy. Like, it's quite a fun movie. <laughs> Yeah, but I get the tonal shifts, how hard it would be from going this fun Chucky story to how the hell do I bring these two together and make it make sense? Yeah, and it's like, I have no idea who these people even are. And that sometimes definitely shines through. Oh, yeah. Jason being afraid of water. What the fuck? No, he's... Okay. Uh, But anyway, uh, directed by Ronnie Yu, written by... This is weird because... Wes Craven and Victor Miller get credits as writers, but it says writers characters. Yeah, which I'm guessing they gave them like, oh, they came up with the characters of Jason and Freddy and they gave them a writing credit is what I'm guessing. (laughs) And then story mitten mitten written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift, which I'm pretty sure from watching documentaries, these two guys are actually fans of the series. Yeah. I know they got a lot of direct directorial on the spot changes and things like that. Yeah, which I mean, Ronnie, you like he did what he could, I guess. With I mean, he's given the this movie, and he knows he's going to make a bunch of money from it. Of course, you're going to say yes, but it should have gone to someone who knew the source material. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's almost like trying to find an impartial jury, though. You know what I mean? Like in a world famous case, like where everyone has an opinion on it, how hard it is to find jurors. That's how hard it would be to find someone who's into horror and doesn't have a preference of Freddy or Jason. But Just I get a guy say, who doesn't know either of them. I would still say this movie leans more into Freddy's favor. I'll say it feels more like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah, but for sure. It also seems to make it clear Jason's the stronger one. And, oh, yeah. hey, Jason's the de facto good guy, kind of, of the two. Yeah, well, you have to, like, what's the rule? You always have to make one of them sympathetic if you do a versus movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. Alien versus Predator, it's the Predator. Kong versus Godzilla, it's Kong. Like, you always pick one that the human side with. Exactly. Um. So, we get this Freddy narration uh, about... Here's my background, pretty much. <laughs> and it yeah. shows... Honestly, an early kill, because I count this little girl during the narration who he kills because she's not from any other movie. No, yeah, I would definitely count her. And this is also the same thing as, like, you know how, like, in the Spider-Man franchise, Uncle Ben, like, you know Uncle Ben dies. Spoiler alert, every single person knows he dies. They do not need to do this, um, the origin anymore. They do another Freddy origin for like the third or fourth time in the Nightmare series. But I do give it some credit because I feel like they do it very well. Yeah, I actually like the way this is shot too with like the close up on his nasty ass teeth and everything. Yeah, and even like Freddy as a human, like when he's making the glove and he's like licking the picture of the little girl to put in the scrapbook and he's getting burned alive and stuff. I even put that stuff as like, okay, that's kind of cool looking. Like, it looks realistic. 
Yeah, and it's all new stuff shot. Not like in a minute where they just cut back to what I call Freddy's greatest hits, where you see like all the deaths from the previous movies, but all this stuff's new footage, so it's cool. And at least there's no de- like dream demons that show up when Freddy's burning alive and they're like, we can save you, we can make you a dream demon, and like, and Freddy's dead. It's And they like <laughs> shoot into his mouth, it's so bad. That's your favorite one, isn't it? Oh, Freddy's Dead is one of the worst <laughs> movies. Not even horror movies. Worst movies I've ever seen. Real quick, I promise I wasn't going to talk about every little detail, but sorry guys, it looks like it might end up that way. I like just even the New Line Cinema intro to this, how it has the Freddy music and then has the Kill Ma thing like in it. I'm like, oh, that's so fucking cool. Oh yeah, it's like, right at the beginning. together very well, I think. And then we get... um this whole premise of the movie is talking about that no one remembers him and he can't come back if nobody remembers. Right. Basically they found a way to defeat Freddy. And that's by like, if no one remembers him, no one's afraid of him and he feeds off fear. So he's basically lying dormant for at least, I think they say in the movie four years. Yeah. I don't know how you get everyone to forget that. There is no way. Well, what they they lock up anyone that knew about Freddy, and the other ones, I guess, didn't know anything about it, and they graduated. Uh, fair. He he doesn't care about adults usually. Oh, and they they blacked out a few newspapers. Freddy's gone. <laughs> we did it. We saved the city or the we street. Did we did it. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we cut to Camp Crystal Lake, and. Anytime I see this lake, I'm happy, even though it's like 50 different lakes throughout the movie and ponds. And But anyway, I'm just happy anytime we're there. Oh, yeah. And this is also a very memorable scene because, at, like I said, I was 10 years old and we're like five minutes into the movie and there's already a girl going skinny dipping. Oh, yeah. All right. Fuck you, then. I'm going to myself. And she runs in and here's something out there. She gets back on the dock, starts running through the woods, of course. Jason's behind her. We see our first silhouette, like, semi-version of Frankenstein Jason. Yeah, Frankenstein Jason, like, he really is a different Jason here. And that's not even just because he's played by a new actor. For those who don't know, Kane Hodder played Jason in the previous few movies and was not asked to come on for Freddy vs. Jason. They hired Ken Kersinger. Ken does fine. I wish it was Kane. Yeah, nothing against Ken Kersinger whatsoever. If he was at a con, I would love to meet him. Because I feel like he does what he can with the direction he was given for Jason. And he does in certain scenes, like, adds cool things to the character. But it should have been Kane Hodder versus Robert England. 100%, I agree. But then we see Jason, and he kills the skinny dipper by stabbing his machete through her and through a tree. Yeah, and then uh, I think he it's, it's at that point where he hears his mother's voice, and he turns back around, and the bodies start all morphing into like different characters and whatnot. Yeah, it turns into Pamela and different victims stuff, and she tells him, "Wake up, wake up!" It's it's really Freddy, obviously. The children on Elm Street have been very naughty. I need you to kill them. Yeah, and dude, we see Pamela here as well, don't we? Yeah, it's obviously a different actress playing her. Which, if I remember right, they did offer Betsy Palmer the role because at this point she was still alive. And she turned it down. She's like, no, I'm like, I'm too old. I, I don't want to do that. I wish she would have, but hey, whatever. This this actress wasn't terrible at it. Well, I also remember being like, 
when I first saw this movie and I looked at mom, I'm like, that's not the same woman from the first movie, is it? Mom's like, no, that's not Betsy Palmer. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> and then morphs into Freddy's like, okay, Jason gets the blood, I get the glory. And then it cuts to the title card, which is like a throat slashing close up of flesh. And it Freddy versus Jason comes out in blood to new metal. I'm like, Holy shit, we're in the early 2000s. Here we go. Uh, I wanna be, I wanna be, I wanna be. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Is it Mudvayne? I have no idea. I was never into any new metal, so I don't know. Oh, dude, I, I used to listen to some new metal. I remember they had that dig, so that ding, 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 ding. I'm pretty sure it's that band. It, it, it sounds, yes. I mean, if you ask me, they all sound almost the same. You're not wrong. I also just wanted to real quick mention, I thought it was kind of a cool scene when Jason comes back to life and like all of a sudden his heart starts beating and it's like, you can see his lungs working again. And he just like in the middle of the woods, like in an unspecified area and just sets up and is just lumbering through the woods. (laughs) Yeah. I have some questions about the anatomy and biology of Jason that I'll save for later. Yeah. I have a lot of questions, actually. But then where do we cut? 1428, the Nightmare on Elm Street house. Look, I I go up and down on Nightmare on Elm Street. I love that first one. Then it's hit or miss for me. But I got to say, this house always, like, hits that perfect nostalgia bone for me. Just like what I said, seeing the camp. I'm so happy when they use this house. Yeah, so am I. I'm the same way as you are with the Nightmare series, where, like, uh, I like a couple of them. Most of them I can take and leave or whatnot. I've never been a huge fan of that series, but seeing the house is cool, because it is iconic. Oh, 100%. And there's three girls in the house playing Fuck, Mary Kill. The girls are Lori, our main character, final girl. Gib, who reminds me of PJ Souls from Carrie, because she's always wearing this red hat. And Kia, who was in Destiny's Child, Brett. Yeah, um, I remember like learning about that, and I was like, "Really?" I am afraid, ashamed to admit, I did not learn about that until like a few months ago. Oh, really? I've known that for a few years, and when I did learn it, I was like, "God, that's weird." Yeah, they're playing "Fuck Mary Kill" about Larry, Curly, and Mo, and they do. Then they do Fred, Scooby, and Shaggy. <laughs> I mean, solid choice is all of them. (laughs) One of those is a dog. (laughs) But he talks. (laughs) I heard shit about the fucking chickens it follows theory. Like. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, two of the douchiest guys on Earth come over. Oh, yeah. The one guy with a flask that cannot stop, like, scratching his crotch. And the other guys are like, oh, babe, I told you not to, like, kiss and, like. Kiss me after you go smoking. <laughs> oh, this guy is the most, you know, like the stereotype of like guys in horror movies are always like, you've been a real bitch since your mom died two days ago. This guy is the epitome of that stereotype. Yeah, like, gosh, what the fuck's wrong with you? Come over here yeah. and fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> Get me a beer. Don't kiss me after you smoke. What, what do I say about cuddling after sex? I don't like it. He's just a douche. after we do it. <laughs> But uh, they come over, and Lori, our final girl, still not over her ex who moved moved away and never reached out to her. That's obviously going to come up later, or else why would they mention it? Right. And I have them named as the douchey guy, and then not as, but still douchey guy. Um, 
The not-as-douchey guy notices the back door to the house is open when he's going to get a beer, and the power goes out in the house. Yeah, and also, when the power goes out in a house, what is one of the things you do not do? Uh, you don't open a fridge, right? It's exactly. What does he do? He stands with the refrigerator open for, like, a good 30 seconds to a minute just looking into it, grabs a couple beers, and then closes it. It's like, okay, thanks, asshole. Was the power already out at that point? Yeah, it was. Okay. Because I remember seeing that being like, dickhead, close the fridge. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Uh, especially right now. I was worried we were going to lose power for recording tonight with how bad it was storming out my way. So I'm living that life right now. Like, oh, yeah. oh crap, I need to have extra things out of the fridge. Yeah, because I, I'm kind of going this through the same thing with you with that fucking hurricane that's coming through. Yeah, power goes out. And then... Upstairs, there was Gib and really douchey guy had sex, and he yells he doesn't like cuddling, so she's taking a shower after sex. And I remember this kill as one of my early favorite horror movie kills when yeah. I was younger. I remember like you watch them, and you don't really remember as much. This is one that stood out to me, and I still remember because he stabs the guy through the back while he's laying on the bed a bunch of times with a machete. And then Jason folds up the bed, and I don't know why that little detail makes me so happy. Because it's also like he's almost playing to an audience. The guy's already dead, Jason. Well, let's add a little flair to it. Yeah, oh yeah. This has always been one of my favorite kills, too, since the very first time I saw it. Because, like, the guy turns over to, like, grab a beer, and he, like, turns back... And uh, Jason starts stabbing him multiple times, like you said, through the bed. It's very like Kevin Bacon from part one or uh, the couple from part two. But then he yeah. adds the extra flair on it because this entire time the guy is still not spilling that beer. He's got no. it in his hand. He's like, good oh. catch. I caught that too. And then I love the bed fold up scene where like. They've even recreated that in, like, certain haunted houses I've seen, you know? Oh, cool. That'd be neat. But, yeah, it's such a cool scene. And Jason does have some awesome scenes and, like, kill scenes in his later movies. Jason X has my favorite kill of the entire series. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, as the movies went on, look, quality, quality started dipping a bit. But the kill quality went up because censors stopped caring. Right, because at this point, we're in the 2000s. Saul's happening. Exactly. And so all cards are off the table. Everyone knows, okay, you can do what you want. Come on. Right. But then that girl's in the shower and she notices blood coming out the door. I like that she just kind of curiously stands in the blood puddle for a second before opening the door. Yeah, then she like wipes her like foot with her hand and it's like, oh, what's this? Is this like uh, strawberry syrup? <laughs> and she sees the body and everyone runs outside into the rain uh, conveniently right as a cop is coming past uh this yeah. cop who finds them will end up being our main character uh kind of main character throughout the movie one of the many scenes in this movie where i go really there just so happens to be a cop driving by exactly when you need them <laughs> yeah i mean but hey whatever it works movie right. magic yeah and I also love, like, he, like, all the teenagers, uh, quote-unquote 20-year-old teenagers, go running out, and the officer's like, is there anything we can help you with? And then the uh, girl in the towel covered in blood is like, she holds up her hands covered in blood, is like, what the fuck do you think? <laughs> I do love that scene, too. It makes me laugh every time. Yeah. Um, two things about right where we were. 
bed kill is also important. We didn't mention because it's in a bed. Someone dies in a bed on Elm Street in the Elm right. Street house, mind you. Right. And so everyone's going to think it's Freddy. Uh, that was just, I think, nice coincidence on Jason's part. I don't think he's purposely disguising them as Freddy kills. And this cop, I don't think you watched. Did you ever watch Riverdale? No. The Archie show? Well, he's Betty Cooper's mom. I mean, not mom. That would be weird. He is <laughs> Betty Cooper's dad on Riverdale. And oh, okay. Oddly plays across from Jughead's dad, who's Skeet Ulrich, who we know from Scream, which is an odd little oh. connection there. Is that Betty and Veronica where they keep going after each other? I mean, yeah. Okay. Over uh, Archie? Yeah, it's the Archie show. I know the very vague things about Archie. <laughs> yeah, but that's all what people might know him from. And then at the station, they have them all separated, and Lori hears them say a name that she finally remembers later on, Fred Krueger. Yeah, and is this when she kind of wakes up and she's in a nightmare? Yeah, th this is cool and creepy. Like, she walks out into the hallway. She's like, what was that name? What was that name? She can't think of what she heard them say. And the missing children eyes posters yeah. are following her. And is this the little girl that we talked about in the, the opening that we see here in the hallway? Oh, yes, yeah, it's his name is Freddy Krueger. He loves children, especially little girls. And ugh. He loves children, especially little girls. Come with us. Like, <laughs> is that the girl from the beginning that he killed in the boiler room? Oh, it might be. I think it is. I, I never picked up for sure, but I think it might be. That would make sense. And then what? She's transported to... Does the dream end there? No, at that point, isn't she transported to 1428 Elm, and she's in the front yard, and there's all the tombstones? Oh, and the our, our jump rope girls. Right. And then Freddy does a jump scare at her, and she wakes up, I'm pretty sure. That's right. And we forgot they say, tell your friends. Like, hey, tell everyone about us. Yeah, pass the word around. Uh, uh, first, Jason is playing at the strip club. Like, Freddy <laughs> is doing better publicity than they did for that show. Oh, yeah. Then we cut to Alex Jones is in this movie. Yes. Not really, but the most look. We'll say people look like Wish.com this or Discount this. This doesn't <laughs> even look like Discount. I thought this was Alex Jones yeah. for a minute, Brett. <laughs> He sits down beside his son. He's like, okay, son, I got to talk to you about something. I know you were over there. and uh, You were over there where those murders happened. There's all those fucking gay frogs. Did you see any fucking frogs over there? <laughs> Reptilians! The son in my favorite case of terrible acting in this movie just goes, my friend was just fucking killed, dad! Yeah. The worst acting in the world, and it stands out so bad. Yeah, because the dad doesn't just, if I remember right, just looks at him. Yeah, there's no resolution. Just, okay, then. And then um, at that point, he I believe Alex Jones walks away. He has to go back and do another, like, 10-hour radio show about trying to sell his, like, creams that don't work and whatnot. The son starts, like, hearing rustling in the uh, bushes. Yeah, he goes out onto the street trying to find the sound. Which uh, I always thought, like, is like, is Freddy just in the bushes going like jingle, jingle, jingle on like the things, I guess. But then a goat shows up, which is a kind of cool imagery because it's like very like heavy metal and Satan and shit. And also very nightmare because I remember in the original, like the very first yeah. dream sequence of the movie opens on there's a random goat running around. Which is really cool, like that they're mostly calling back to the first one. Yeah. 
And then is this when Shadow Freddy shows up where like he sees him down like Freddy down the street and then Freddy like turns into a shadow like right in front of him that's huge and yeah. then tries to kill him but he's like, "Huh. I guess I don't have enough power yet. Better have Jason have a little more fun." <laughs> now, I got to say this is in the 2000s so we've entered CGI era. This was an example of, oh, that's a cool use of CGI for this. Yes. What we get later on, I'll point out, is a really bad example of it. No, this is a uh, use of CGI where it is fitting, where it actually would look better if you did it this way, because it's not like an over-the-top, like, animated creature kind of thing. It's Freddy as, like, a uh, shadow-looking thing, so his definition is already not going to be amazing. Yeah. Other than that, use practical shit if you can. Exactly. So it works in certain ways, but it's a dangerous game to play. Yeah, I would love to know how much actual practical effects they use in this movie, and how many times did Ronnie you just go, "Oh no, just make that digital. Just it'll be it'll be better. We'll fix it in post." Yeah, exactly. So he wakes up because Freddy can't kill him, and. We get another Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 chop, Brett, that's so good there's no blood until the head rolls off. Oh, yes. Yeah, which is really weird, yeah, because he kind of wakes up, and then Alex Jones' dad is sitting beside him, and he's not talking anything about gay frogs, so the son knows something is up. (laughs) He's not trying to sell him supplements that don't work, or talking about reptilians. And then his hot, his he like shakes his like shoulder a tiny bit, and his head flies off. It doesn't just fall over. It like pop and pops off into his lap. There's someone with a string that pulls it off right there. Oh yeah. And then what the fuck? What the fuck? And then Jason kills him. Yeah, and I love that the son uses the dad's head as a shield when Jason's trying to chop at him. I mean, what else are you going to use? He's not going to pick up the body to use as a shield right there. You won't be fast enough. It is just so hilarious. (laughs) Now we cut to this mental facility. What's it called? Weston Hills, right? Right. And we're introduced to the concept of Hypnosil, this medicine they're giving the kids who've experienced Freddy at some point, makes them not dream, from what I guess. Which I believe Weston Hills is from, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, part three and four like there's that's when it's like the kids and whatnot that are like going up against freddy yeah and hitting the seal was introduced before too i believe yeah i believe that's in like one of those early movies which i when i first saw this movie i'd never seen those early nightmare movies other than the first one so when i saw like the god just a few years ago watched all of the nightmare movies for the first time finally i was like oh shit okay freddy versus jason makes a little bit more sense now just a little. Will, the boyfriend who moved away and never wrote Lori, who we mentioned earlier, is at this asylum. He sees on the news about murder that took place and he recognizes the house. And so he's all panicked. He's like, we got to get out of here. Ooh. And his friend and him break out and the friend breaks out in the best way possible. Real quick, when um he sees the newscast, when he's like getting his medication and he sees like, Oh, you know, fucking Elm Street's been attacked again. Um, This is the only scene that Kane Hodder is actually in this movie. Because before the news program cuts on, they're watching Texas Chainsaw Part 3. 
And it's the scene where Kane Hodder is playing the stunt double of Leatherface. I just saw about this a few months ago. I think it was kind of secret till just like this year. Yeah, because I saw about that because it was like one of those like clickbait articles where it's like, oh, Kane Hodder was in Freddy vs. Jason. And I'm like, where? I mean, it's still cool, though. Like, good for Kane. I don't know if that was done on purpose or just coincidence, but either way, that's awesome. Yeah, at least he kind of got in there in a way, but it should have been him. Oh, we know. But, like, in the situation, I guess that's still, like, a nice little thing. Even 10-year-old me was going, sitting there in the theaters going, Mom, why isn't Kane hotter in this movie? (laughs) Will and his friend, Mark, they break out by Mark mooning the guard and acting like a monkey. So the guard uh, sedates him, but he swipes his badge right before he does. So they break out and go away. Yeah, it's the easiest, like, mental health facility to break out of. Oh, they just walk away. There are some major code violations going on in this place, which I'll, I'll jump to one now that comes up later. One, in a mental health facility like this, or a psych ward or anything like that, there are no firearms even by guns. When police come in, they have to check their guns at the door and everything. And they just have an armed single guard at this place. Yeah. And then, like you said, no outside. There's so much wrong with this place, but maybe that's why it's in a horror movie. True, very true. They had, and it's creepy, and the lights flicker. (laughs) Yes. Oh my god, there's a thunderstorm! (laughs) This next scene is the first time I realized these were supposed to be teenagers, because Lori is getting ready for school. Right. I'm like, oh, these are teenagers. I was a teenager once. I don't remember any teenagers looking like these people. No, they look like they're in their mid to late 20s. Yes. And, yeah, like you said, even at this point, I'm like, okay, maybe she's getting ready for college. No, cut to, they're in a high school, like, hallway. Uh, Her dad's also putting hypnoseal in her orange juice that morning. Yeah, and this is, like, the little first little thing of, like, okay, something's up with the dad. The dad's weird. Yeah, for sure. Uh, At school, we're introduced to some of our characters. Some become big characters. Some are just there. We're introduced to Linderman, who is, like, the nerdy kid. (laughs) who has a crush on Lori. We're introduced to... I don't even know his name, because for most of the movie, I wrote down Jay Ripoff. So, yeah, those who are unaware who might not realize, this, the stoner character in this movie is almost a shot-for-shot, near-copyright infringement level of Jay of Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, it's Jason Muse's illegitimate son. To the point, I don't remember if it was on the DVD or something they shot later, but they when they're talking about this character, like, and they're interviewing the cast, Jason Muse sits down for it, like, wait a minute, I wasn't in this movie! Oh, no way. Yeah, there's a video, I'll have to find that and send it to you. Like, oh, oh I was that's... so stoked when I got the part, like, wait a second, I wasn't in that movie! Because, that's so hilarious, because that actually, like, I remember watching this movie for the first time, and this is right around when I started watching, like, one of the first times I saw, like, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, which I think was the first, like, View Askew movie I saw. And I kind of remember being a little bit confused, being like, why is Jay in this movie, but that's not Jay? What is this? Yeah, it's... From what I heard... Now, this movie, I should say, anything we say, like, oh, but they wanted to do this, or blank, this is one of, if not the biggest horror movie with the most 
They almost did this. They tried to do this. They were oh. going to do this. Stories out there. And I can't tell you which ones are true and which ones are bullshit. I mean, a real quick aside, if we want to do, because I did want to bring that up. Like, there were so many different versions of this movie from, like, the early 90s until, like, this movie got made. There was, like, yeah. 10 different scripts. And I only remember one or two of them, like, that really stuck out to me. One of them was that Jason was it's jason on trial in a court but it's like a real version of jason where the movie jason is a real thing but this guy is what the movies are based off of okay and there's a cult of freddy that's trying to bring freddy back and it was something along those lines where jason i have heard of that ending as well i I see that reported on a lot so i'm pretty sure that was an actual one that was floated which is so weird, which I'm glad they didn't go along with that, where, like, Jason is an actual person, but the Jason in the movies is just based off the real person. I wouldn't like that. It, it would have been New Nightmare. Yeah, which I don't like New Nightmare. See, I like New Nightmare, but I wouldn't have wanted that. The fuck, that fucking kid. <laughs> the other one, like, they wanted to have them fight to eternity, like, in hell and everything. But anyway, all that was to say, allegedly... One of the rumors is they wanted to cast Jason Mewes, but he did not, was unable to do the role. And so they just passed Jason Mewes off to another person. Because Jason Mewes went through some drug issues, which he's that, luckily very, he's been clean and sober for like, God, over a decade now, I think. Yeah, he's he's been doing really well. Um, that was actually the reason why, according to the rumors, it was at that time period. That that aligns pretty well with like what I know from like what Kevin's talked about and what Jason Mewes has also talked about. Where it's too bad that he imagine if this movie had Jason Mewes in it, which you know, then they would probably try to get Kevin Smith as well. Oh, one hundred percent. Well, because uh, uh, Cheech and Chong always talked about wanting to do a Friday the Thirteenth movie, where it's like an Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein type thing, but it's Cheech and Chong meet Jason. Yeah. They, it could have been kind of like that. That would have been really cool, but there, there's a billion of those with this movie. Like, I wish they would have. When do we get the What If series about Jason? Oh, that would have been, that'd be incredible. Marvel. Uh, Marvel, get Jason Voorhees somehow. Get the franchise so we can get What Ifs. <laughs> Disney will own it sooner or later. Oh, yeah, it'll own everything. Oh, and by the way, this week we're sponsored by Disney. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we are not. <laughs> That'd be a cool day in hell before they sponsor us. But the Jay Ripoff and a friend who is later the guy in the cornfield who goes, Linderman are handing out CDs in the hall. Um, Lori's telling about the Freddy dream. And by the way, so Will and Mark are just in the school trying to find Lori. The worst place to go if you are escaped, basically fugitives at this point. Yeah, because I remember the um, I was one year graduated out of high school, and I went back to get my yearbook because they didn't come out until like the next year for some reason. So my senior yearbook doesn't have any signatures in it because it was so late. That's how everyone's is, is because they can't have it at the end of the year because the year is still going on. Oh, that's true. But um, I went back into the school to get it, and immediately a teacher was like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm here to get my yearbook. And at this point, I already had it. They're like, you need to go to the office and sign in. Then you can come down. And I was like, okay. And I just left. Well, this is also where this is, Freddy versus Jason, like, time period in schools. Let's be real. Is 
pretty recent post-Columbine. So you oh, weren't just yeah. walking into a high school. Let's be honest, that shit was not flying. There's no way these two wanted fugitives just walked into the school and got close enough to Lori to overhear a conversation for Will's friend to start creepy, creepily singing the Freddy song to yeah. her. Yeah, that's very Coffee. true. It's your friend. I say that to myself every morning as I wake up at 4.30 for work. I'm like, make friends with coffee. I say yeah. it as I'm pouring. Do that or get some of those like AM pills that they take on all these movies. Yeah, which I'm sure is not good for you. Gas station meth. It's probably, yeah, like you said, it's trucker speed. Exactly. And then the teachers see them, chase them away. But Lori's seeing Will faints after seeing him. And that's the end of that. Right. Uh, she's in the nurse's office. We get the got your nose dream to Kia. Yeah, which is really funny, I think. Because, well, she's flipping through a magazine, like, waiting on her friend. And the nurse keeps just, like, shushing her. And then, like, she flipped a few more pages and there's, like, boobs. And I remember being like, that's not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially not in high school. No. Will and Mark are at the library. That's where they discover all the obituaries and news articles about Freddy Krueger have all been blacked out. Like you said, they're redacted like a CIA file. Right. Okay, here's here's the fun part. So, I don't know. I don't think you were ever at my old house before I had my place, were you? No, I've only ever been to the place you're at now. Okay. So when I lived with my parents, I lived across from a cornfield, Brett. Okay. Not once. I actually live across from a cornfield now. I don't know why I said then. I'm like, wait a minute. I looked out the window. I'm like, there's a cornfield. Yeah. (laughs) But never then nor now have I looked out one night and seen a fucking rave with all of the youths from the town with full-on DJs and kegs and everything going on. Yeah, it's really weird, and it keeps doing this, like, choppy kind of video thing, where it's, like, fast motion, but slow motion at the same time, and the image is just choppy. They want it to be like they had a strobe light, but whoever was supposed to bring the strobe light to the production forgot it. Yeah, so they're like, oh, we'll just fuck with the camera and the editing. Yeah, just shake the camera around a lot. Yeah. Will shows up at the rave to talk to Lori, and Gib, or the red hat girl... Um, drunk wanders into the cornfield and sees her dead boyfriend starts following him, so obviously she has passed out after she wandered into the cornfield. Right, and the, yeah, the drunk, uh, the yeah, the dead boyfriend leads her into, like, this weird, like, corn looking thing, like, farm yeah, like thing. Silo. Yeah, in the middle of this field, which immediately turns into Freddy's, like, dungeon-like thing. His boiler room. Yeah, his boiler room. It's the Friday the 13th Part 8 thing. And then there's all the usual Freddy tricks here. I'm talking about dragging the razor glove across the rail, steam shooting out everywhere, the red lighting, all that stuff. Oh, this is he's thinking, this is my big comeback. This is my entrance. Like, I'm back. I'm going to milk this entrance for all I can. Like, I'm doing the uh, face through the wall that's, like, melting and whatnot. I'm doing it all. He's like, all right, let's break out the greatest hits album. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> As this is going on, too, a uh, creepy glow stick rave guy sees passed out Gib and starts sexually assaulting her as she is passed out. Yeah, just immediately sees a passed out woman and is just like, boy, which is like, dude. What the fuck? And you're also the brightest thing at this entire place. You're not. Yeah, he doesn't even take off his glow stick jacket. No. 
But you know what I like about shitty characters like this in these movies? You know they're fodder for the machete. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make you feel bad for cheering when these people die. You're like, oh, well, he deserved it. Gib is uh, hiding in the uh, locker in the nightmare. And Freddy, like, rips the door open and is about to kill her. But at this point, Jason has, like, part two the uh, glow stick guy and Gib together, like the couple in the bed. And throws the glow stick guy across the field. <laughs> yeah, like, catapulted. And I love this where Freddy's like, no, she's mine! Mine! <laughs> I do, I, it's, it's comical, like, mine, mine, mine! It's like, no! <laughs> and then, so, that, two kills for Jason right there. This is where I'll say, like, the deaths in this movie rack up is in this cornfield, and they all go to Jason, and this is what the, as much as I say I love this movie, and I still do like it, but the, I, I look over some of the bad things in Part 8 a lot. Once he gets to Manhattan, what it should have been is what's going on in this cornfield. Jason just indiscriminately killing fucking everyone. Yeah, but I don't really enjoy the kills that much because he's just slashing their chests. It's almost the same kill over and over again where he slashes their chest and they go, Ugh! Like, where he stabs the guy into the keg. He twists one guy's neck around. He has some in here. Yeah, where I do love, this is the, um, I love it's the, like, big fat guy that's in the 66 jersey, because 66 is my lucky number. So every okay. time I see that, I'm like, oh shit, 66. And there's the other guy, and they're like, this grain alcohol is kicking my ass. No, the Everclear. Oh yeah, this Everclear is kicking my ass, which I always thought was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, then they throw that on Jason, uh, catch him on fire. After then... he kills one of them. Right. Yeah, he, they don't just do this to a random man. They're not psychopaths. Like, they see a guy and let's light him on fire. Well, they're like, this is an invite-only party here, Cornpoke, and you aren't invited. And at that point, they snap that guy's neck. And this is when 66 guy throws the Everclear on him and lights him on fire. And they yeah. have to chase, the, chase through the cornfield. And then Jason throws his flaming machete through the guy. And it stays on fire. I don't care. I fucking love it. That This is a moment where I'm like, let all logic be damned right here. A fiery Jason leaving a trail of flames through a cornfield, throwing a flaming machete through a guy and falling down towards camera. I'm like, oh, hell yes, right here. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. But also, I've seen it so many times now that I'm like, huh. I'm a little more critical of this movie than, like, other ones in the series. It's been a solid year since I've seen this. I realize I haven't seen it since like my last year, like Halloween time watch. So okay. it, it's been a bit for me. Then, like you say, it just starts hacking up everybody at the rave. Yeah, it's very just like quick kills. Like, I bet you they racked up quite a few here, but they weren't. I, none of them are memorable. The only thing that's memorable about it is that Jason was on fire. He got doused in beer and then he kills multiple people. <laughs> yes. Our main crew gets in the van, so our main crew here being Lori, Will, um, not Will's friend, he's going home to take care of something, Kia, Linderman, and Jason Mews ripoff. And I, that kid, as much as I'm like, he's just a ripoff, has my favorite line of the fucking movie right here. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Man, that goalie was pissed about something. I remember always loving that line. 
It's just so funny because you realize we're so used to Jason wearing a hockey mask that when I see a hockey mask like that, I'm like, that's a Jason mask. But like in world, like it's so funny when people refer to him as a goalie. I'm like, oh yeah, it is a hockey mask. Yeah, like not everyone knows Jason Voorhees is a thing, you know. So to him, a giant smelly man on fire that was dressed as a goalie just killed a bunch of people. So I guess it makes sense. I always love that line. That's a good one. Now, here is my most angry subplot that we don't need, and I wish they would have just cut it out of the movie because it just weighs it down. Will says, after they drop pretty much everyone else off, it's just Lori and Will in the van. Which, by the way, nice Misfits air freshener, have to point it out. Oh, I saw that, yes. And Will says that he saw Lori's dad kill her mom, and that's why he was sent to Weston Hills. I don't give a fuck about this stupid bullshit story, Britt. I didn't need the evil dad storyline that got proved he was okay at the end. I didn't need any of this shit. No, it's other. It's more character shit that you just don't care about. I just want to see Freddy and Jason fight. Yeah, and if you're going to have character stuff... Make it something like that we don't need, like a whole extra movie's worth of stuff to follow that we didn't have. You know what I mean? Right. Lori runs away after she's home because her dad, like, he admits that he's been working at Weston Hills, but lied to her about it. She runs away and she's found by Will pretty much instantly. Yeah, she leaves Will and then, like, less than five minutes later, rejoins him. Which, he does a shitty, like, jump scare to grab her, which I know that's just done for us, the audience, to jump. But if she's scared and she just saw a bunch of people die, maybe don't reach behind her and grab her. Yeah, being like, grab her around the throat, being like, Lori, I found you! <laughs> and then, so, Mark, Will's friend, is at home, and this this is a really cool part, I think. Will's friend Mark goes home and has this bathtub vision and everything. Yeah, it's really cool, because he's like... He's fallen asleep, kind of, because now he's been left alone. Which, when you're trying to stay awake and you're, like, dead tired, is the worst thing. Because you're going to, like, make little allowances for yourself. Like, oh, I'll just sit down. I'll just kind of lean over. Oh, I'll go ahead and lay down. You know, like, and immediately you're asleep. <laughs> My biggest lie, I told myself, I'm just going to take a long blink. That's, like, that's not sleeping. And then it just yeah. stays shut. I'm just going to shut my eyes for a second. <laughs> His brother was apparently killed by Freddy, we established earlier. Do you know who plays his brother here? Scott Farkas. Hell yeah, it's Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story. Still as terrifying as ever, plays his brother in Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, which I didn't know that until probably the like, last couple years, that that was Scott Farkas. And I was like, holy shit, yeah, he's redheaded, that makes sense. Yeah, God help me, he has yellow eyes. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, he's still evil. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's his brother, he has Freddy's voice and everything, and he's all evil and all that shit. Where he's doing, like, the whole monologue, I forget exactly what it was, but, like, at one point he, like, lifts his wrists out of the bathtub, and, you like, there's just blood spurting all over the place, because, like, his brother had killed himself in the bathtub. Yeah, or, well, Freddy really got him, but yeah. yeah. But And then the blood goes around his feet, and these weird tentacle things go into his feet. And I remember seeing that at a very young age. And this was like right on around the thing of like the fly from the 80s. Where I'm just like, ooh, that's disgusting. I don't like that. Yeah, it's almost like the blood coming out of him is like created like a weird. Yeah, it's gross. It's weird like tentacle looking things. Yeah. Will and Lori show up right here right as Freddy's attacking Mark. And he's like, I need you to send a message for me. And it's, this is really cool because they're seeing him die. And 
he's turned around, his shirt's ripped off, and like burned into his back, it says Freddy's back, which I also appreciate the pun. Yeah, which 100% fits in with Freddy. Which I also love when he like pops up in the window and he's like, help me! And you see the claw marks go across his face. Oh yeah, it's really cool. cool. Silly Freddy, that, that is Mark's back, not yours, but whatever. Oh, silly Freddy. <laughs> and the sheriff, we cut to the police station, but doesn't believe any of the Jason reports. Our new cop who we're talking about thinks we're dealing with a Jason Voorhees copycat killer. Which I enjoy is an th- actual thing. and Like, how he treats it. He's like, I think these this is a copycat of the Jason Voorhees Crystal Lake killer. Like, this is actually, like, on record. It's a, like, that kind of little throw-in thing for me I thought was cool. <laughs> I do too, but why didn't they redact all the Jason stuff? Well, because they don't care about Jason. That's Crystal Lake. They're in Ohio. That's Crystal Lake issue. Yeah. Which I have another... Remember my issue with um, the geography of Friday the 13th Part 8? I was just literally bringing it up, uh, so I know we'll get there for sure then. I was going to say, when we get there, how (laughs) fucking long is this road trip that they have with Jason later? (laughs) Apparently, like, two hours, but not possible. I thought it was more than that. No, it's much longer of a drive, but yeah, I, like it seems like they were maybe driving two hours. Oh no, like the actual like ride is like eight hours or something. I think it's like ridiculous. Oh no, it's longer than that. Yeah, for really? sure. Yeah, the good cop finds our victim crew is what I'll call them in a basement and explains Jason to them. So now they know what the deal is. We know we're dealing with Freddy. We're dealing with Jason. Then we right. get this stupid fucking line: Jason died by fire. I mean, Freddy died by fire. Jason died by water. How can we use that? Guess yeah. what? You fucking can't. Because it makes no goddamn sense. Jason goes swimming all the time. He's not afraid of water. No, and Freddy also uses fire in, like, previous movies to his advantage. So he's not yeah. really that afraid of fire either. This is why it... This is another reason why, like, Ronnie Yu should not have done this movie. He doesn't know the lore. Oh, not at all. And he tries to establish his own lore, which is just bullshit. Jason's a fucking boatman! Yeah, this is part 8, I'm sorry, part 11 of uh, Friday the 13th, and I don't even know what part it is with Nightmare, part 9, I think? I believe so. But it's very, it's like very late installments in both of these series. There's a lore, you know. Oh yeah, and it's pretty easy to find, a quick Wikipedia search. Yeah, Jason is always in the water. He actually loves the water. Yes. So Lori dreams that her friends are going to sacrifice her for the virgin sacrifice. And then Freddy show first it's her dad that turns into Freddy shows up and she grabs his face and starts screaming. They wake her up and she wakes up with Freddy's ear. Much more metal than the hat, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but it's also just another thing. It's like... They're kind of being like, oh, remember this from part one of Nightmare? It's like, yeah, I remember you can pull things through nightmares. I remember. Yeah. I remember. And here's where they decide they're going to break into Weston Hills and get a bunch of hypnosil. Which they immediately break back into the mental health facility. Yes, the place you escaped from. So they're searching for it and our Jason Mewes ripoff uh, hangs back when everyone else is going on searching to smoke a joint. I love, he's like, he's like, hey, Linderman, let's uh, stick back here and spark this doobie. 
Yeah, you know, all the things that, like, no one who's ever smoked weed in their life tries to sound like when they're talking about smoking weed. Exactly. But I love how Linderman's like, no, man, he's a cop. He's a, and then, uh, Jason Mewes ripoff's like, oh, come on. What's he gonna do? Risk me, man? I'm just gonna smoke this sick grass. In his defense, he kind of has a point. The cop is breaking into a psychiatric hospital with them. He's not gonna arrest you. Yeah, but also, I want to have my faculties about me. I don't want to be inebriated while I'm drinking. Exactly. This is like our uh, Spookies episode where people are still drinking and trying to get it on after the demons have started attacking them. Yeah. Hey, we're watching Spookies! No, we're not. We did, and we won't again. <laughs> you don't want to do a retrospective? Fuck. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> End of the year, any movie that either one of us rated below five, we have to re-review in one episode. Oh, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> so he hangs back, and Jason breaks in, too, while this is all going on, and kills the guard with a door. Yeah, which is kind of cool. It also shows how, like, like, strong Jason is and whatnot in this movie. Oh, because you think, usually we're seeing him breaking into dilapidated cabins. Like, we're like, oh, he actually is pretty damn strong. He can get through, like, the thick metal doors, too. Yeah, well, this is even, like, supersized Jason from what we know. Like, like I said before, this is Frankenstein Jason. Where he's, like, grow, he's grown a feet, uh, like a foot, and he's added, like, 50 to 75 pounds of muscle on him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then we get the Freddy Worm. This is the example CGI that I fucking hate. Yeah, which I remember when I was a kid, I thought it was funny, and now I'm like, this is the dumbest-ass thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like, I think the CGI probably held up better back then. Oh yeah, I bet you back then it looked really, like, good. Yeah, it just does not hold up well at all. It looks like it's copy and pasted onto the screen. Yeah, where, like, yeah, Freddy Worm, like, breaks out a hookah and blows the smoke and, like, fake Jason Muse's face and then the stoner dude's like oh wait a minute man I want to catch more of that sweet buzz where are you going <laughs> yeah it's whatever he follows him into the the comatose room right yeah it's where it's uh where the patients have been giving given too much hypnocil like and they're in a coma that's where they are like he leads them into and then they all start, like, whispering and pointing at where the hypnocill is, and he, like, dumps it all out. Well, you miss, he dumps it out after Freddy Worm crawls oh, down yeah. his mouth. Freddy deep throats uh, fake Jason Muse with his giant worm, and then um, dumps out all the hypnocill, and the entire building is just in this one cabinet. Yeah, which I'm calling bullshit. If they would have looked a little harder, they probably would have found it. But I get why they didn't, because Jason has found some of our group. Yeah, because that was actually a cool scene when Jason breaks down the door and he's just right there and they go running away screaming. And it like kind of cuts to Jason like storming through the door. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I, I do like it. And then the whole electric like slash thing is pretty cool too, I think. Well, it's like a better version of the kill from part eight with like the nerdy camera guy where it's another soundboard looking thing that like Jason's electrifying. Yeah, and but Jason misses and electrocutes himself first and you think, oh, that's their opening. But I love it. He just grabs the cop and electrocutes him in the process and slams him into it. Yeah, that's really, and I love, like, when Jason first slashes into the board, and he's getting electrocuted, I love the look, like, how his body goes, he's like, like, and it's, 
he's under a hockey mask, but he looks shocked, you know. Oh, well, how many times has Jason been electrocuted? Like, do you actually know this number? Because it's got to oh, be God. high, right? It's got to be more than five. Well, let's see. Uh, we covered part eight. He does in there on the subway right. tracks. Uh, part seven, Tina electrocutes him with the telephone wires in the giant puddle. Right. Um, uh, part six, he's brought by back by electricity. Yeah. I mean, and God, part eight, he's also brought back by electricity again. So that's two for part eight. And he throws that guy into the electric board, and he electrocutes him. Then this movie, he's at least six times. Yeah. So yeah, he's no stranger to this at all. Well, it's almost, it, it's honestly, it's canon in the Frankenstein series where it's like, look, where Bella Lugosi as Igor is like, look, the electric, uh, Frankenstein is your father, but the electric, the storm, that is your mother. <laughs> I do actually like the Jay ripoff here. Um, he's possessed by Freddy here. He dumped out all the hypnosteel, like we said, and he tranks Jason like when Jason's chasing down all the rest of the victims out of the building and he's standing there with the two needles full of whatever behind his back and he's road and I like when he acts and like has the Freddy voice I think is actually pretty damn cool yeah like all the friends go running by and they're like come on man come on like Jason's coming he's like I got this bitch and he does trank jason but jason cuts him in half in the process here's where i had questions about jason's biology and all that right so we know jason's died and come back a thousand times uh we also know thanks to jason x jason regenerates tissue that's why it's not just one giant bullet hole by now you have to you also have to remember this movie is before jason x in the canon yeah but but but, but right, after establishing, we know because of Jason X. Yeah, it's very true. And so what can tranquilize him? Does he have a circulatory system? Like, is he still pumping blood and everything? I'm also wondering. I thought he kind of just oozed. You know what I mean? At the very beginning of this movie, you see his ribs exposed and you see his lungs and his heart exposed. Exactly. So did he, is it Jason X rules, I'm guessing, where maybe the flesh grew back, where he was rotting away, but now he's back alive and he's growing back, I guess? So he's Wolverine. I'm guessing, yeah, well, Jason, it is canon, Jason has regenerative powers, so. Oh yeah, I know. I'm guessing, yes, he is Wolverine. <laughs> okay. Um, but that's cool, and then he cuts him in half, and he's tranked. They all, for some reason, have Jason in the back of the fucking van with them, and they keep tranking him to keep him knocked out, because they know he's going to come back. Which I'm guessing could be a way to keep Jason out forever. It's just have a constant hose of that stuff pumping into him, and he'll never wake up. Man, only David Cronenberg thought of that before when they had him all chained up. Like, oh no, we, we're not going to freeze him, we're going to study him. Uh, fuck you, David Cronenberg, you deserve what you got. <laughs> and they're driving the sleepy Jason to Crystal Lake, and they want to bring Freddy into the real world, and then Jason will have a home field advantage like he's a fucking sports team. Okay, here's where we know... Look, let's just get it out there. I can't spend a lot of time on it because we both know. Oh, no, I can spend the next <laughs> half an hour to an hour on this. I'll rephrase. I'm not spending a lot of time on it. <laughs> Elm Street is established in Ohio. I don't know if we know what town in Ohio do. Is it Springwood or Springfield or something? I think it's Springwood or it's Spring something. I'm 
I think it's Springfield's a Simpson, so probably Springwood. Right. Okay, Ohio. I don't know where in Ohio that is. But I don't know if you know, in between Ohio and New Jersey, there's a state called Pennsylvania. Hi, that's us. How are you doing? We made Nightmare. Yes. Uh, we made uh, Night of the Living Dead, one of the best horror yes. movies ever. <laughs> and so to get to New Jersey, you have to drive across the entirety. I'm not exaggerating. The entirety of Pennsylvania. And we are, I'd say, like a horizontal state. We're very long, not too tall. Yeah. Yeah, we are a very large state. Where where I live, if I see a concert that I want to go to or a con on the other side of the state, I'll look at it and be like, hmm, that's like four hours away from me. Yeah, so look, it's already been nighttime for quite a while. They're not getting to Crystal Lake until like it's bright and early in the morning if they're actually making this trip. No, but this is the longest night of the entire year. Even with that, you still couldn't do it. No. Unless they, unless there's a cutout scene we don't see where they pulled over and they had, like, a sleep out. Yeah, this is this is some movie magic bullshit, but that's all. Yeah. We all know it's dumb. But that's just the little nitpicky things we do as, like, major Friday fans. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's sleeping, though, so you know what that means. Now he's in the dream world. It's something I never thought I would get to see is... Freddy versus Jason in a nightmare world. Yeah, I like that they gave both, actually. Yeah. I like that we had the real physical world and in Freddy's world. I, I give props to that as well, where they did like let both players, I would guess, if you want to call them that, you know, have their own like home turf advantage. Exactly. So he's there, Pamela's yelling at him, turns into Freddy. He cuts Freddy's arms off, but they just keep growing back. And then there's a big fight in the boiler room. There's Jason Pinball. Freddy's getting pissed. Why won't you die? Because he keeps oh, yeah. doing stuff. I realized I glanced over Jason Pinball, but we should spend a minute on that. Jason Pinball always annoyed me. Like, it was kind of funny, but I am such a huge Friday fan and have been from the very beginning. They're treating Jason like such a joke in this scene where I'm like, go fuck yourself. Jason is so much stronger and better than Freddy Krueger. Look, I'm the same. And I, I flip flop on it because I'm like, but Freddy treats all the victims like a fucking joke. So I guess it makes sense. And he yeah. is pretty much powerless here. Like, so I get it. He wants to humiliate him. I think so, because it is very Freddy Krueger to do this. I think my rage comes from like, oh, God damn it. Fuck you, Freddy. Don't do that to Jason. Poor Jason. <laughs> and so that's going on. And then we cut to Crystal Lake and Jason's drowning in the water. And the Lori, oh, this is so fucking confusing. And Lori goes to sleep and enters the dream world somehow by sleeping next to Jason gets into his dream. It's Inception. Yeah. So she gets in there. She's walking on Crystal Lake. She sees Jason drowning. She runs up to the camp counselors. Aren't you going to help him? And the one camp counselor who's having sex instead of watching Jason turns into Freddy. And was like, and then the counselor is also dead. He's like, I thought she was dead on her feet or some pun like, you know, Freddy puns. Yeah. Well, I think it was even something like, oh, I thought she was a dead fuck or it's something like that. He he does one of my favorite, like, my favorite gag to do when, like, trick-or-treaters are coming around and I'm dressed up in my full thing for Halloween is wave the fake arm at people. And he waves the fake dead arm, like, of the girl at, like, her. And it's so yeah. funny. Like, it's a little, it's a tiny little thing that Robert England decided to do, I believe. 
and it works so well. It's so funny. I do like it. Uh, what else did that that we covered? It did that, right? Yeah, where he does the fake, like he waves the dead arm. And also, while Jason's drowning here, he starts drowning in real life. They see him spitting up water. Kia gives him mouth-to-mouth, which I know it's like, they actually play this up really well where I'm grossed out watching it. Yeah, where it's like, Jay, they take like half of his mask off, where it's like there's teeth missing, and they don't look well, and it's just like rotten looking. That wakes Jason up, though, and then the van crashes. Freddy is fucking pissed because he just lost his chance to kill Jason. Yeah, where I love the look of Freddy here where he gets pissed and he turns into, like, Devil Freddy. Where, like, everything's all pointy and he's, like, super red. Yeah, he's really pissed. He's about to kill Lori and she grabs him and they wake her up. Freddy's in the real world now. They're at Crystal Lake. Here we go. Oh, yeah, we're at this point. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I am all wrong here. They're at Crystal Lake. She's still sleeping. Jason's stalking them, about to kill them. Fire starts. Her hand goes over the fire. That's what wakes her up. Now Freddy's in the real world. There we go. They crashed the van. Jason flew out of the van in one of the worst edits I've ever seen. Where Jason, it looks like a still image of Jason that they drug across the screen. Yeah. But I will say a really cool shot I like a lot is they're like, we don't have much time. And they look out of the cabin they're holed up in. And you just see Jason walking around the cabins at Crystal Lake. I think yeah. that's just such a cool shot. That is fucking badass. And it really like lets you know, okay, we're at Crystal Lake. We're in Jason's element. This is his territory. Honey, I'm home! Jason yeah. walking around. And so then, like we said, Freddy comes in the real world. And here we go. It's on. When I watch this movie, sometimes I just want to start it here. This is a perfect time to quote the Misfits. Mama, can I go out and kill tonight? (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking awesome. So the fight goes on. And where I think the fight stops ten times are just momentary breaks for our characters to die and the fights resume. And I love that. Yeah, which, uh, like you said, Lori's uh, hand gets drugged into some fire. That brings Freddy into the real world. And he comes into the real world. There's a cabin on fire, and he's immediately he looks terrified. And then he looks up, and he sees Jason walking towards him. And he's like, oh, shit. It's like the kind of sh- like vibe I get off of like how Freddy's acting. Oh, yeah, he looks terrified like that. It dawns on him the situation he's found himself in. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm real right now. And Jason right there, who, like, I had a hard time in my own nightmare world taking care of. Now we're in his element. We're at Crystal Lake, and here he comes. And it is such, like, do you, you're such a big wrestling fan. This reminds me of just a wrestling match from here on out. That's probably why I love it. Yeah, because it's very much like Undertaker versus, like, Shawn Michaels. I was going to say, this is like an old-school ECW bring-your-own-weapons night match. I was was almost thinking, I was trying to think of, like, who's a giant man? And, like, who's a giant evil person? I'm like, okay, Undertaker. And Shawn Michaels is very much smaller than him and, like, nimble. And he has, like, one-liners. Okay, you know, well done. You know, look at you out-wrestling referencing the wrestling reference guy. Well done. Because that's during the era I like. That's fucking DX. Suck it! <laughs> <laughs> so the first fight goes on. We have our first victim death, which is Lindenberg. I feel bad for him when he dies. I don't know why. 
Well, also, I have to say, three people get crashed into the same wall. Um, Kia Lindenberg, who uh, gets impaled on like some weird spiky thing, and then yeah. Freddie also gets thrown against that same wall. So I'm guessing that's a stunt wall that they were like, we spent some money on this, let's use it a bunch. Yeah, or Jason's like, I've been wanting to remodel the camp and I want this wall down. That's the fucking strongest wall in the entire Crystal Lake. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, Lindenberg dies and Freddy is about to kill Lori and at this point, Jason's kind of out for a minute. He is distracting Freddy from killing Lori. Like, I'm not afraid of you, insults his sweater, insults his butter knives, drops the F word that I won't say, so that should let yeah. you know what it is. And fun fact, was not in the script. Really? I mean, who knows, maybe that's the writers and Ronnie you covering right. their ass, but, but it's never it's, been debated. They said, no, that was ad-libbed into there. It's also 2003. Yeah, I mean... I'm not excusing, but like, look, that's right. the time period, whatever. But I don't know if she had that in or not. Freddie drops a weird line as well when like Kia's distracting him. This the line is how sweet dark meat because she is black. Now it is a play on a former Freddie line, which is how sweet fresh meat. Okay. Look, I'm not saying it makes it right. It's still weird and kind of creepy, but whatever. Definitely watching it in 2021, those are a couple lines where you go, oh, that's right. Yeah, this was made about 20 years ago. <laughs> it's a little icky. Yeah. yeah. But as she thinks she's distracting him and has the advantage because she's not afraid of him, he just kind of like cartoonishly Bugs Bunny points to behind you. And she turns around and gets machete whacked against a tree like and flies like 50 feet. Oh, yeah, because I love Kia's going on and on about, like, you got those little uh, butter knives. Like, are you making up for something? Like, you got these teeny tiny little butter knives, and Jason's got this big old honking, throbbing. And then Freddy does that little thing, and then, yeah, Jason does that thing where I actually hate in this movie where they're constantly just getting thrown against shit. Yeah, they do overdo it a bit. If they would have left it at the cabin, that would have been enough, and I would have taken it. But yeah, once again, it's a scene where Jason hacks her with the machete, but instead of like cutting her in half, like most of the movies would do, it launches her into a tree at like 500 miles an hour. Yeah. So the fight resumes, and what is this construction site on Crystal Lake? Oh yeah, it's like um, a condos are coming into Crystal Lake, and this is like the very beginning of it. And Jason is immediately like, nah, -uh, not on my watch. It should piss me off, but it honestly is in line with Friday the 13th. They keep trying to do shit with this lake. They won't just drain it out and close it off. Oh, no, they're trying to they're always trying to forget that like what it is and trying to rebrand it as a new thing. It's so funny because even in part six, it's like Camp Forest Green. They're like, it's not Crystal Lake anymore. Exactly. So they would reopen it as condos or whatever. But the construction stuff comes into play. I do like the uh when they realize the oxygen tanks or propane tanks or whatever, like fire. I do like Freddy's line, like where he realizes he goes, Man, the torpedoes. Yeah. And he starts fire I like that a lot. And I love how Jason's just still walking towards him and just like sidestepping most of the torpedoes. Until, like, well, he sidesteps, like, most of them, and then he gets hit by a couple of them. Oh, and yeah, and then they do send him back, yeah. Yeah, that's when they fly into that, like, weird area where, like, the giant bucket of dirt and, like, the rods are. <laughs> yeah, and he gets impaled, like, 
300 style by all of those. Yeah, he gets impaled like 10 times. And Jason's still not dying. And Freddy's just like perturbed. He's like, why aren't you dying? <laughs> yeah, which, you weren't killing him in your world. You're definitely not getting him here. And no. then I don't know what this big thing that's swinging around is, but that's going on too. It looks like a, I think it's a cement thing. I have, I'm not sure. Yeah, I never worked construction. I'm not sure. It's too manly for me to know. <laughs> Lori and Will, like the fight eventually makes its way to the dock, Freddie and Jason. And Lori and Will soak it in gasoline. And mind you, there's also all these explosive containers around them. And they light it on fire. And Will's like, let's go. There's a boat. And she's like, not till I see him die. It's like, yeah, he, she, he, uh, he killed my mother. I'm seeing him die. And Will's like, fucking hell. God damn it. Okay, I guess we're staying. <laughs> like, I want to leave on this rowboat. I love when Freddy and Jason are on the dock, though, this next part. And it goes slow motion. I know it's cheesy. I know. You probably hate it. But I love oh, no. them slow-mo killing each other. And this is where it feels the most Friday and Nightmare to me. Because it feels that gritty 80s slasher. The only time it does is right here for some reason with the like practical blood going down both of their costumes and then just like stabbing and tearing each other in slow boat. I fucking love. I don't know why it like it looks like a renaissance painting to me. Oh, no, this is exactly what this movie should have been the entire time. I love this scene. Oh, OK. I thought I was going to have to like battle for this one. Oh, no, this is what it should have been the entire time. It's Freddy versus Jason, not. The, who cares about this random group of 20-something-year-old teenagers? I could give a shit. I want to see Freddy and Jason fight. And like you said, they did not skimp on the blood here at the very end scene. Because it's pouring out of both of them. Oh, yeah. It's it's awesome, nasty, and great. It's, I love this scene so much. Oh, yeah, like, Freddy's digging his claws into Jason harder. Jason's, like, shoving his machete as hard as he can into Freddy. Like, Freddy's screaming. Jason's, like, mask is, like, spewing blood. Like, it's a fucking great visual. Aren't you so glad they don't have grunting Jason like in Jason Goes to Hell? Because that would ruin oh, yeah. the scene. And then the gas tanks and everything finally explode, and they're both kind of launched off. Uh, Will and Lori on the dock. Freddy comes up, missing an arm because Jason cut it off. I was going to say, Freddy, uh, yeah, Jason pulls Freddy's arm off before this happens. Yeah, sorry about that sweater. Um, I love this. (laughs) Freddy gets up and is about to machete both of them, and it's, oh no, we're going to have no final girls. And then Jason from behind Freddy stabs Freddy with his own arm with the razor glove arm through his chest. And then kind of just falls into the lake. Yeah. Which he like, yeah, he like back flops into the lake, which it's such an awesome kill that Jason kills Freddy with his own like weapon. Yeah. And then what happens after to me lets me know, okay, this was mainly a nightmare movie. Let's get the most iconic Friday, the 13th ending. Cause Freddy falls to his knees and Lori chops his head off with the machete Pamela Voorhees style. Is it? Welcome to my world, bitch! Oh yeah, final girl line. We have to mention them. Yeah, and it's Adrian King definitely caught, uh, cutting off Betsy Palmer's head once again. But it's so awesome because it's fucking Freddy Krueger. And it's like, eh, fuck him. Yeah. I mean, Jason definitely won. I've said that from the beginning. But anyway, that was our final girl line. He gets beheaded. and. 
what appears to be the next morning, I'm assuming, because it's light out. Well, no, you see Jason. Real, real quick. Um, so Freddy falls into the water, and so yeah. does his head. And uh, Lori walks up to the water, and Jason's still kind of floating there, and then like floats under the water. Lori throws the machete into Crystal Lake for Jason, I guess, is like, I always took it as almost like a mutual respect thing of like, we both fought against Freddy. So here you go, but I'm going to leave now before like, please leave me alone now. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving now. You can have yeah. this back. I'm not coming back to your lake. So do whatever you do. And can I take it from here? By all means. Okay, just because I remember sitting in the theaters when I was 10 years old watching this movie. It just got done. I'm sitting beside my parents. My mom and dad are on either side of me. And, like, that awesome fight scene just happened. My, like, I could not be any happier as a 10-year-old. Like, and then it cuts to the light scene. Like, it's daylight. And it's like, okay, what's going on? It looks like almost, like, heavenly and whatnot. And then motherfucking Jason Voorhees pops out of the water and in slow-mo with some awesome, like, drum beat going behind him, walks out of the water. And then he has Freddy fucking Krueger's head in his hand. And I remember, like, poking mom and dad both in the shoulder going, look, Jason won! Jason won! Fuck yes! Like, I was so excited. And then, okay, Freddy winks, and there's, like, the nightmare music, and then the Jason music. But Jason fucking won this movie. Okay. I'm with you a million percent. And I will back up my, my research with evidence. Um, one, I do want to talk. That was so cool. That music that plays. And he doesn't even pop out. I think it's so much cooler. He, like, stomps out of that lake. Like, yeah. I fucking did it. And, yeah, he's holding Freddy's head. Freddy winks at the camera. You hear the nightmare music and the laugh. To me, though, what have we said about all these movies? And especially Friday movies. We said they're the easiest things to set up a sequel for. Because all you do is have Jason open his eyes or you hear the sound. And that sets up your sequel. That's right. all they did with Freddy. He's still lost, just like Jason still loses to these kids at the end of those movies. That doesn't mean he's dead, but he lost. Yes, 100%. I'd say if your body is removed, you lost the fight. Yeah, if Jason is walking out of the Crystal Lake with your head in his hand, Jason won. Oh, yeah. So that was Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, then it cuts right back into, like, fucking new metal. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, this was 2003. That's right. Yeah, I was probably stoked back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, I want to be. I want to be. I want to be. That's cool, though, because I don't have that theatrical experience for this. I I watched it right when it came out on DVD. Okay. Yeah, I remember sitting beside my parents and, like, poking them both in the shoulders, being like, look, look. And they're like, yes, Brett. Very good. Yes, Jason won. Yay. And (laughs) I'm still exactly the same about Friday the 13th, where I'll be watching and be like, Mom, look, look! And he's like, yes, yes, very good, Brett. Jason's doing great. Yeah, it's, it, you know what? Like, I have super fond memories of this movie, and I complain about a lot of the shit in it, but this movie, like, does hold that, like, a special place in my heart. Like, it probably always will, despite the bullshit with it. Well, it's such a lofty title. Like, there, it would be so hard to live up to what this title is. And make it perfect where, like, everyone loves it, you know? Yeah. So there were sequels planned a few times. And 
with as much developmental hell as this one was to get made, I never honestly held out hope for any of them. Um, now, we did get the comic sequel, which was Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. And I think that's the only thing we'll ever see as a continuation yeah. of this. Which is what it was originally supposed to be. Yeah, but they wouldn't let Ash kill either of them. Right. Because, yeah, I, I love the end scene they had for Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, where they were all on Crystal Lake fighting each other, floating on their own icebergs. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, you want to hear what the Count of the Dead for this was? Yeah, I'm interested to know. Like, I know we got over 500, but. You think I'm we did? We were a, that, that brings us to. Hellraiser was last week. That left us at 499. Do you think we finally crossed that 500 part? I fucking point? hope so. All right. I'll say this. I didn't count Freddy. No, because he's still alive at the end. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that part was cleared up. So, like I said, last. Oh, if you don't know the count of the dead, we tally up all the kills in the movie and we add it to the grand total of all the movies we've done so far and to get a nice big number. Last week, we watched Hellraiser, which left us with a count of the dead of 499. Where do you think Freddy versus Jason left us, Brett? One count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. Two. I so regret this name. Every week I'm like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, there are quite a few. Like, especially that, like, uh, cornfield-like scene. There's so many kills, but they're so forgettable. Like, it's hard to say in this movie. Because I know Jason definitely had more, a lot more kills than Freddy. Oh, for sure. I think Freddy had like two. Yeah, not had like many. One or two. Yeah, and Jason had all the others. God. Freddy was. I think Jason. Mark, where he wrote uh, Freddy's Back, was his first kill in the movie. Yeah. And that's quite a bit into the movie. Yeah. I'm going to say there are 16 kills in this movie. 16? Yeah. Uh, you undershot it a little. You got a little more than that. We ended up with oh. 20 kills even in this Damn. movie. Damn. All right. 519. Fuck yeah, we're over 500. We're one year in, over 500 kills total for the podcast. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I'm excited we're over 500 and fucking 20. That's amazing. I wonder if we'll hit like a thousand right at episode 100 then. We gotta try. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure we'll get there. Well, every week, Greg does his count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I like to do my rating system, but I want to specifically say on our one year anniversary, Cisco and Ebert can go fuck themselves so hard that they bleed. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm with you. I don't like to do stars because number one, Joe Bob does stars and Joe Bob is sacred. Hail Joe Bob. I'm not religious, but if I were to be religious, hail Joe Bob. Um... And I think you can Ebert, still hail things, even if you're not religious. Well, yeah, you can hail Satan, you can hail Joe Bob, you can hail... Well, Satan want. would be religious, but, like, you know, well, you yeah. can, like, hail throbbing with horror. Exactly. Hail us. Yeah. We need it. Hail yourself. <laughs> I got to cut that. That belongs to another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. We reference them. But, yeah, and fuck Cisco and Ebert, because they do stars sometimes, and fuck them. They, like I said, I hope they fuck themselves till they bleed. So I like to do something from my own, like from the movie one through 10, uh, where like one's the worst, 10's the best. And I don't come up with that thing until now. What's a good one for this movie? I'm trying to think. What's a weird thing in this movie that would like really work? Are you asking or are you talking out loud? Um, 
Well, uh, no, a real quick question: when they uh, when they were doing the shots in the um, cornfield, was it Everclear or grain alcohol? They said Everclear. Everclear. And they better wash do... it down with this grain alcohol, meaning the beer. Right. Okay. I'm going to do shots of Everclear because I just love that line of this Everclear is kicking my ass. Like how he says it, I love. (laughs) Fair. So one shot of Everclear is you're doing the shot like you're really stressed out. You might just be going into work and need to like take the edge off a little bit. So you're not trying to get drunk. You're just being like, maybe I can just like take the edge off a little bit. and I'll have a little bit better of a day. Okay. Ten shots of Everclear is this is like the night you graduated high school where it's like, what's the mega party of mega parties you remember? I want to get as fucked up as I can. (laughs) Okay. God, I wish I could give this movie a lot higher score than I'm about to because it is a Jason movie. And I don't love Freddy, but he's still classic. You know, I mean, he's one of the top five horror movie like people that you will remember. Oh, with no doubt. I mean, I know you're not a big Craven guy or a Freddy guy. Like, I, I think I like Freddy much more than you. But even if I didn't, I don't think I could deny, like, Freddy's iconic. 100%. Yeah, I still respect what he's brought into the genre. I've, I've come around more on Freddy in recent years. I've gone worse on him. <laughs> but I'm going to give this six shots of Everclear out of ten. Where it's just... Some scenes, like the very end scene where they're fighting is so good, but then you got so many scenes of just this character development about characters you don't care about. I I agree. I I see your six shots, and if me and you were in a drinking contest, I'm just making sure I beat you because I gave it six and a half shots of Everclear. Okay. So, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. A, a little more for me, and I tried to separate the nostalgia from the movie itself. Um, I like some of the things they did. I really hate some of the things they did. It's Freddy versus Jason, which bumps it to a 10, but then you just take from it as the movie goes on. So yeah, and it should have been epic, ended up being good enough. Yeah. And it ended up being, I mean, parts of it are epic, but it should have been more epic than what it was. That last hour of the movie should have been more of the movie. Or they should have picked a director who knew what the fuck he was doing with these two franchises and not someone that went, oh, how much are you paying me? I don't give a fuck. Let's fuck with these two characters I don't know about. Jason's afraid of water. And yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. It's fucking, fucking Ronnie, you. We didn't even talk about that in the dream that Jason won't go near the water. Like, No, because it pisses oh. me off so bad. Yeah, okay. yeah six and a half from me. Six yeah. from you. That sounds, that's. I say so. We're pretty spot on. Yeah. Um. You want to hear the exciting news about what we're doing next week, Brett? Oh, what's next week, Greg? I cannot wait. You thought we were giving you Freddy versus Jason, then doing some weird obscure thing? No, we're two heavy hitters in a row. Because next week we have Army of Darkness, and I cannot oh, yes. wait. Fuck yes! This is another movie I grew up on, even before Freddy versus Jason. Like. I had nightmares about the tiny ashes coming out of Ash <laughs> from when I was very, very little. Dude, honestly, Army of Darkness could have been episode 50. It was that close. So it really, I, yeah. I can't wait for it. So two big ones right in a row. I, I'm super excited for it. Yeah, I cannot wait to talk more Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. Do you got anything else? 
Um, well, real quick, we're starting to get into the Halloween season a little bit. Yeah. I wanted to like just do a little quick segment like we did last week, uh, last year, I mean, um, where when Halloween started coming around and we started getting in the moods, we talked about it a little bit. Okay. Um, I started getting my decorations out and whatnot and decorating the house more than it already was from because honestly, my house is almost year round has some Halloween and horror stuff out, especially in my room up here. But I yeah. for completely forgot, like I dug out my collection and whatnot and like all my Halloween stuff. And I refound my empire um candy bucket skulls that i've had since i was in elementary school and i was like holy shit i forgot about these i love these so much like i'm so glad i didn't get rid of these i saw that picture you posted in the uh facebook group Uh, that that looked really cool yeah for some reason i love the empire brand plastic halloween things because they're so like classic they remind me of my childhood like and halloween yeah. I haven't done too much yet, to be honest. I stopped at Spirit once. Um, I started, like, planning out my yard, but that's about it. I've been watching a lot of horror movies, but, I mean, what else is new? I was going to say, uh, just the other night, I watched Trick or Treat, like, Trick or Treat with Sam yeah. for the first time this year. And, uh, God, that movie is just always so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, spoilers, but that that is coming up and not yeah. too far away. It's not next week. It's not the week after, but it's coming up. Right, it's good. Let's say maybe this Halloween season. Yeah, that would seem appropriate, wouldn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I cannot wait. Especially, like, um, I love all the new shit Spirit has out. Yeah. Like, you saw that Captain Spaulding mask from House of a Thousand Corpses, and I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> they did have that. They had the Battling Babies mask from Happy Death Day. Yes. Lots of Chucky stuff. I got a, I got a Friday the 13th new mug from there, so I was happy. And, um... I was just there yesterday. They have Iron Maiden masks now, Eddie. Yeah, and saw they that. have this awesome Frankenstein, like Boris, uh, fucking, not Boris Karloff. Yeah, Boris Karloff. Yeah, yeah. They have a Boris Karloff Frankenstein mask, which is so. But they're seventy dollars. <laughs> oh fuck! There's no way, like, I can afford that. But I, I can't want either, it. But it's still tempting, yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. But yeah, I'm so happy that Spirit's open. The stores are finally getting their shit out and whatnot. So I just wanted to bring it up and just say happy beginning of the season, everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right, so we'll see you guys next week with Army of Darkness, which, like you said, I cannot wait for. Fucking hail Bruce Campbell. And we hope Freddy vs. Jason has left your brain throbbing with horror. <laughs>